why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I'd like you to pay attention to how the Lord described the life of the people. The Lord said, Are you okay with that? Okay. Look at how he described it. The Lord said, I have indeed seen. I pay attention to that. I have indeed seen divine observation. I have indeed seen. What has he seen? He has seen the misery. Of my people in Egypt. Now the second thing is that I have heard them crying out. Why are they crying out? Because of their slave drivers. Number one is I have seen. Number two is I have heard. Now let's continue. The next is and I am concerned. Three typical Strong description. Now, if anybody describes your condition in this way, the best way of looking at the person is the person really knows you. I have seen, I have heard, and what? I am, I am, I can't hear you. I am concerned. I am concerned, concerned about what? I'm concerned about their suffering. Then the fourth thing is in the verse number eight. So I have come down to rescue them. Very powerful phrases. Number one, I have seen. Number two, I have heard. Number three, I am concerned. Number, number four, I have come to rescue. God paints this picture to Moses. And the picture is so powerful that he's virtually telling Moses that I am telling you that what I have seen, what I have heard, and what I am concerned about drives me towards redemption. So anytime the Lord talks about I have seen, I have heard, I am concerned, you know that the next level is that there is a redemptive force. There is a redemptive plan. There is a, a redemptive agenda. So he said, I have come to rescue. Well, fast forward, Moses receives a command. Go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then Moses goes down to Egypt in the company of his brother Aaron. First, he meets the elders of the Israelis. He tells them about his encounter with the Lord and the message 
Then he asked them to pray with him. He will go and meet Pharaoh. He goes with Aaron to meet Pharaoh. And he tells Pharaoh exactly what the Lord told him. Let my people go. In the verse of chapter 5, we are told that as soon as Moses said this, Pharaoh got angry. Who is that God? Why do you want to release the people? And Pharaoh rather increased their burden, asked them to fend for the straw themselves and increase, you know, the pressure on them by their slave masters. Then the leaders went to Moses and they said, why did you do this? Now listen carefully to this part. And I'm using this just two minutes to give you a background to the word I'm going to talk about in the next 10 minutes or so. The message of the redemption has been released. Let my people go. And yet, as soon as the message was released, a difficult situation arose. Now watch that carefully. As soon as the redemptive word, let my people go, was released. What happened was that a distress condition arose. In other words, when the Lord decreed freedom, there was the plan of hell to unleash negativity, dangers, challenges, and all forms of problems. So don't worry sometimes when you, when you get a word of prophecy and suddenly right after the word of prophecy, you are rather met with some challenges. Because any redemptive plan attracts satanic resistance. You have to understand that. Any redemptive plan attracts satanic resistance. Let me repeat again. Any redemptive plan attracts satanic resistance. And so Moses went back to God in chapter 5. And he said, why did you do this? Didn't you tell me I should go? The Lord said, I know he will not listen. But listen, relax. I will harden his heart and gain glory for myself. So again, fast forward. The thing continued, and by the grace of God, the people left Egypt. We are told that by the time they were leaving Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians. They requested of them, as the Lord told Moses when he encountered him, let them request of their masters silver and gold, jewelry, and they plundered the Egyptians. So they left. Now, like it, you just see a scripture. Exodus 13. Let's turn our Bibles. Exodus 13. So, they left Egypt. Thank you, God. I'd like you to read verse 17. When they left Egypt, we are told in Exodus 13, verse 17, that there is a shorter route that can lead them to the land where they are going. But the Lord did not lead them there. Look at the verse 17 
of Exodus 13. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. The Lord did not lead them through the shorter route. The shorter route for us is that COVID-19 must go. The shorter route is that when we pray, we must see that it is gone. The shorter route is that when we pray, we must see that people are healed, people are killed. But the Lord did not lead them through the shorter route. Why? For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. <laughs> the guys are not militarily sophisticated. Although they have huge numbers, some estimate that they may be about 600,000 men of those who were released, but they will not match up to the charioteers of the Egyptians and the horsemen and riders of the Egyptians. They will destroy them. But the Lord, in the verse 8, he says, So God led the people around by the desert road. And I want to just see that or understand that phrase. He led them around. Circular. <laughs> he led them around the Red Sea. The Israelis went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now, what kind of battle we are about to see? And the Bible said that he led them toward the Red Sea. Now, let us now go to the chapter 14. And then we understand the scripture. So, already the journey they are embarking on through and around the Red Sea was not supposed to be the shorter route. That route is winding. That route has a lot of problems. And the Bible describes that that route, there may be a battle there. But that battle you hear or we read about is a battle that will be fought by the Lord, not a battle that they will fight themselves. You'll see soon. If they had gone through the shorter route, by the Philistines, the Bible said that if men have come their way and fought them, they will have been afraid and they will have gone back. So he led them through a winding route by the Red Sea. Now let us go to chapter 14. They are now at the Red Sea. We are reading from the verse number 13. They are now by the Red Sea. And so let's read from the verse number 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelis looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And I'd like you to just pay attention to that phrase. Marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Now, for your information, at that time, Egypt 
had very sophisticated funerary rites. In fact, they, they could embalm bodies to be put down for over 40 days or about 40 days. So, they had a lot of graves and you know about the pyramids and how they preserve the dead. So, they were asking Moses, look, we are coming from a place where at least our bodies, when we die, our bodies could receive dignified burial. They were concerned about what we call thanatology, issues about death. They were talking about thanatological values. Why would you let us die and waste our lives here when we could have died in Egypt and at least have a decent barrier? It's one of the things that we are seeing in Ghana. People are very much afraid of COVID-19 and they are worried about the fact that when you die, there will be thanatological complications. Nobody will attend your funeral. Nobody will come to where, I mean, I mean, just come and be farewell. You are gone and you are alone. And that's exactly what the, the, the Jews are telling their leader. Is it because there is nothing in Egypt or there are no graves in Egypt? Why did you bring us here? Verse 12. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? This is like I told you so. We told you so, leave us alone. Let us save the Egyptians. It will have been better for us to save the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Thanatological complications. Verse number 13. Moses answered the people, number one, do not be afraid. And tonight, I decree upon you, may fear vanquish from your heart. Do not be afraid. If there is any command in the Bible that the Lord is very much concerned about is that message, do not be afraid. Fear is man's response to incredible demands from his environment. Fear is your response to incredible overwhelming demands. When a man is afraid, he is responding to the demands that are placed on him or her in his environment. And the demands placed on these freed slaves was that when they looked back, they saw their slave masters, ruthlessly charioteers, experienced charioteers, marching after them, getting closer to destroy them. I'd like you to pick the first lesson tonight. The first lesson, and I'll repeat and repeat again, is that there is a clear sign of the pursuit of evil after the people, and yet the Lord didn't come to them and tell Moses, call down fire. The Lord didn't say, I am sending now angels from heaven upon you. The Lord never rained hailstones on them. The Lord didn't call fire from heaven to eat the enemies. The Lord addressed the composure of his people. When we go through challenges, the first thing the Lord does is to speak to you and not your enemies. God is not talking to COVID-19. God is first addressing us. Because you see, 
the first way and means of overcoming every challenge in life is the texture of your composure. The texture of your composure. And why not? Why couldn't the Lord call fire from heaven? You've forgotten the miracles he's done in Egypt. The only thing we should see is that the Lord should tell Moses, stretch your hands towards the Egyptians and I'll cause an eastern wind to blow them apart. No, he didn't do that. The first thing was to speak to his own people. And tonight, the Lord is not talking to COVID-19. The Lord is talking to you. The Lord is telling you and speaking to your heart. What you need is to understand where your heart and your spirit is and how you are placed spiritually. Where are you and where are you standing now? That is the first word. Don't be afraid. If the Lord can get your composure, he will decree the discomfiture of your enemies. If the Lord can get your composure, he will decree the discomfiture of your enemies. I repeat, if the Lord can get your composure, he will decree the discomfiture of your enemies. So what it does is to get your composure. Can you be composed? Can you relax? Can you walk in the Lord? Can you say the joy of the Lord is my strength? Can you get up in the morning and say, I will bless the Lord all the time. I will bless the Lord all the time. Whether it is good or bad, I will bless the Lord all the time. Will you get up in the morning and sing unto him and give him all the glory that you are not bothered about what is happening now. You have your composure in God. That is the first word. If there is any word that divinity will tell you in this time, it is your composure. And you will see that once he gets your composure, he prepares the discomfiturement of your enemies. The Lord needs you to be composed. Tonight, one minute of prayer. Open your mouth and begin to pray and tell the Lord, Father, help me. I need my composure. I need my composure. I need my composure. I value us a
once the Lord gets your composure, he will decree the discomfiture of your enemies. He will decree the defeat of your enemies. So the Lord doesn't work that way. Check the laws of victory. The Lord will want you first to be composed. Why does the Lord need us to be composed? Very simple. You see, when the Lord destroys fear in you, he has automatically increased faith in him, in your life. If the Lord gets your fear broken, he has automatically succeeded in increasing your faith in him. So don't be afraid when you turn it the other way. It's have faith in God. Have faith in God. Another way of saying don't be afraid is simply have faith in God. Oh, Shabbat Hafa. I sense the Lord is just touching somebody watching me right now. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I sense it strongly. Have faith in God. Don't be afraid. Have faith in God. 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 Come on, Lassadora. And I'd like to pick the second one. Which is, he said, stand firm. Now let me just link up this. I'm staying only on verse 13 tonight. I'll deal with the rest. In a custom week and Sunday. Now listen carefully to me. If you're watching me, listen carefully to me. One of the things that fear will bring into your life is that fear will cause trembling and will cause a, a, a lack of coordination in your muscles. Now, one of the things you can see visibly in the life of a person who is afraid is that you may see a wobbly feet. You may see that the person is shaking, trembling, what they call tremors. You may see the person's thoughts are not well coordinated. In fact, in your attempt to escape out of fear, you will die in the process. Because when you are afraid and you are trying to escape, you are likely not to watch where and how you are escaping. We understand that human composure, the ability to hold yourself together in the midst of storm is your first instrument and tool against evil. If you can hold yourself together, we learn about the life of David, that David was running towards the Philistine or the battle line. At the same time, he placed his hand in the pouch to pick the stone. At the same time, he put the stone in a sling. He was doing these three things at the same time. My goodness. And I call that coordination. Coordination. That's exactly what the Lord is telling the Jews. Be coordinated. 
stand your grounds be immovable don't shake and to stand means be courageous because you are going to see some things you have never seen don't be afraid stand firm my goodness and then the Lord decreed to them watch that carefully stand firm stand firm stand firm stand firm stand firm and then he said in the last phrase and you will see what does it mean it means that your clarity of perception arises from a good composure if you are not well composed you don't see well think about it if your thoughts are disorganized you don't see well standing firm doesn't mean you are on your feet standing firm also can refer to the constitution of your physiology the ability to coordinate and relax taking a deep breath let your heart cool down don't let your heart run out of you some of you are so much afraid that your heart will run away from you. And when your heart runs away from you, your guess is as good as mine. So the ability to coordinate your thoughts, to hold your thoughts together, so that you don't get broken, you don't get so scared, so much afraid. The ability to speak to yourself, you, we call it self-instruction. Speak to yourself. Speak to yourself like David would do. My soul my soul, my soul march forward. He will speak to himself. Like we read about, Joseph, about David, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You speak to yourself. You tell yourself, Kajo, stand firm. Adwa, stand firm. Kajo, don't be afraid. You will break this battle. You will break through this wall. You overcome this challenge. So he says, if you can throw away fear, and you can be composed then i decree that you have clarity of perception i decree upon you right now may you see right i say may you see right one more time i say may you see right oh let me hear let us amen to that hey what will you see if you are not afraid and you coordinate yourself well and you are, you are very much composed, what will you see? The Lord says, what you will see is deliverance. He says, what you will see is victory. He says, what you will see is that you will overcome. Can you think about it? Just, just, just think about that. If you will not be afraid and you will, will, be, will be courageous, then you will see deliverance. As I stand here ministering the word, 
I already see the end of COVID-19. By the authority of the word, I want to hear you say amen to that. I see the end of it. Someone is the man of God. But you said that over 500,000 people are dead and over 10 million infections. Yes, I said so. But if the Lord tells me I shouldn't be afraid and he tells me that I should stand firm and then he decrees that I will see deliverance. What do you want me to say? All I say is that I can see the end of COVID-19. You know the last part? That word, you will see that deliverance is that God was decreeing the certainty of victory. And tonight, lift up your hands. Anywhere you are, I decree upon you the certainty of victory. Now, this is not a word that is a word of a lie. The Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, the Lord is not a man that he should lie. He says, if you are not afraid, and number two, you stand firm, then he says, I can decree the certainty of victory that the Egyptians you see now, Philos, Bagadish, Hatemezua, Lavi Ikona Hassan, Paladina, Osada. Come on, speak away, speak away, speak away. Lako Tamaha. Miriondo Shalaha, Vero Selemente. Periasieto Fudo. Ase. of grace let there be deliverance I lift up a prayer and ask that command the winds of redemption to be stirred like a wheel wind right now across the length and breadth of the globe in the solid name of Jesus let the wheel wind of the Lord that causes redemption to be broken loose let that wheel wind be broken loose right now 
against all the battlements of hell and the powers of evil. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, I decree anybody who is broken, who is locked up, and who is chained by every chain of fear, apprehension, and anxiety, I command anybody who has lost his or her composure because of the current crisis, I decree the force of courage breaking loose upon the person and by the certainty of a prophetic word, I decree upon the person that there is indeed a deliverance, there is indeed a victory, there is indeed a redemption, there is indeed a power that brings peace, there is indeed a healing. Now if you are watching me right now, I command the force of healing into your body right now. I decree from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, let Come on, pray for one minute. If you pray this prayer after me, 
are born again. Welcome into the kingdom. Look at the numbers that are screening right beneath your device. And reach out to us. We will help you grow your faith in God. And if you are also watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, or any other, the Lord bless you that you made time to listen to this. We shall come your way again on Sunday, first service, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock in the morning. We are expecting group 5 and 6. Group 5 is coming on Sunday, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, and then 8.30 to 9.30, group 6. Sunday is tithe and offering day. It's also a missionary day. And so as you come, come along with your offering. Don't let COVID-19 turn you into anything. Know the scripture? The Bible says that we shall be blessed in all that we do. He says our labor of love will not be in vain. And so I'll see you on Sunday. Our COVID-19 fund is still open. If you want to pay something to support what we're doing, we encourage you to do so. Until I come your way again on Sunday, the Lord bless you. May the power of the Most High settle upon your head. I decree that your feet shall be faster than that of the hinds. I decree upon you that you will be composed. You will stand fair. And the certainty of the deliverance and the victory ahead of you is incontestable. Remember this statement. If you can put yourself together and have your composure, the Lord will take the discomfiture of your enemies for you. Shalom, peace, and life to you all. Amen. We are giving our offer tree. If you are watching us online,